How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, one, what are you reporting? Uh, I got a strange going on out here. Something just killed my dog. Something killed your dog? My dog went flying through the air over the tree. I don't know how it did it. Okay. Damn it, I'm really confused. All I saw was my dog coming over the fence, and he was dead when she hit the ground. I didn't see any cars. All I saw was my dog coming over the fence. Nine one one. What are you reporting? Uh, we got someone or something. This is Les Stroud. Yes, yes, I know. A.K.A. Survivor Man. And you're listening to Brian, Sasquatch Odyssey. guys and welcome back to sasquatch odyssey thank you guys so much for clicking play it is thursday we've got a great show lined up for you but as always i want to start this show by inviting you if you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show shoot me an email you can get me at brian at sasquatchodyssey.net you can head over to the website check out our patreon become a member there and help support the show as i said it is thursday this is story time i put together several stories from an author that I actually interviewed recently, and I'm going to have his show coming out tomorrow on Friday. He is Jay Vernon, and he wrote the book, Adams County Bigfoot, Friend or Beast. And it's a really cool book about his experiences as a child growing up and his experiences with Bigfoot that culminated in a couple of sightings. So I think you're really going to enjoy those stories, and Jay's going to tell most of those in his own words, but I wanted to go ahead and read some of those out of the book with Jay's permission. He told me I could read a couple of chapters out of the book, so I picked some at random at different ages that I thought were really interesting stories. There's a ton of stories in the book, so I'm going to link to the book, and you can pick it up and read the book for yourself. You can also tune in tomorrow and hear the rest of the stories that Jay shares on the show, so either way, 
it's a really cool book. You really should check it out. It's it's published by Hangar One Publishing Company, which is Doug Highcheck and his son's company. So they do a lot of great work with authors who write books in this genre and different types of books that are a little out there and a little off the beaten path. So you can really help support them by picking up the books. And I've also included another story that I pulled off of Deborah Hatswell's enormous database of stories. And I'll have the link to where that story came from as well. But it's a pretty cool story of some folks that saw some weird things. But before we get there, if you would just take a couple of seconds, rate and review the show. And like I said, if you're so inclined, check out our Patreon page and consider becoming a member there and helping support the show. Enough of that. I'm going to let the music play. You guys sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Strangers Back, age 10. Another year had gone by, and it's now my favorite time of the year. Summer. I've been extremely busy helping Wayne take apart the auto upholstery and learning how to put it back together. I was also now finally getting paid. It wasn't much, but as my dad would remind us often, we had food on the table and a roof over our heads. We would work after school until about 9 or 10 p.m. 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Saturdays, and 7 a.m. to noon on Sundays. I would save my $5 a week, and sometimes we would walk to the general store in town, about a three-mile walk each way, to get a soda or a candy bar. We didn't have sweets in the house very often, and if we did, it didn't last long with five boys. During the summer, we worked 7 a.m. until 7 p.m., except for Sunday from 7 a.m. to noon. And yes, I still only made $5 a week. Besides the shop work, I took care of the animals. We now had ducks, geese, and rabbits added to our assortment of animals. Then I, of course, was cutting wood for the winter again. I had most of the fallen trees cleaned up, and I learned in school that if I cut the lower branches of the trees, they would grow taller. I started trimming the lower branches off the rows of pine trees at the edge of the woods. The branches went all the way to the ground, and they were so thick you couldn't see from row to row. As I was about halfway done, I heard some heavy footsteps at the end of the row. I thought Drew or Wayne were running around trying to scare me. I just yelled out, You guys don't scare me. I didn't hear any reply. Then I saw out of the corner of my eye something run by where I had started cutting off the branches. It was dark and hairy. I quickly grabbed the 45 pistols I had holstered. I yelled out a warning. I have a gun and I'll use it, I yelled. If this is Wayne or Drew, you guys better knock it off. It's not funny. I heard nothing. I thought maybe it was the really tall guy I had seen several years before. So I yelled out, This is our property, and you're not welcome. I also yelled again, I have a gun. Still nothing. It kind of freaked me out a little, and I felt unsafe, so I packed up and went back to the house. Wayne was in the garage working, and Drew was in the shop. I just casually asked Mom if they had left the house at all. She said no, they'd been there the whole time. So not sure what the heck I saw, the next day my dad sent me back up to finish the pine rows. I was over yesterday, and I had the guns with me. As I was working my way, I then looked down and could see a large barefoot track in the sand. I put my foot next to it, and it was almost twice the size, and I was wearing boots. I thought it must have been that guy again. I scanned the woods and saw no trace of anyone. I finished cutting the pine branches off and loaded them into a trailer. 
The pine sap and the branches and needles were great for starting fires. I told my dad that I thought the tall guy was back around because I had found a footprint again. He said, well, let's go take a look. We got into the truck and drove up there. We walked around and I showed him the print. My dad said, damn, this guy's got huge feet. We looked to see if there were any of the prints, but we couldn't find anything. Then we drove around the woods looking for any clues of someone maybe hunting on our land. We found nothing. My dad even complimented me on how nice the woods looked. I felt pretty good about that. It was rare that he ever gave me a compliment. We got back to the farm and he just said, be careful up there and keep your gun on you. I said, I already did. I pulled out his 45 and the 30-30 rifle. He said, good. If you have any issues, shoot first and ask questions later. I was a good shot and always felt very comfortable shooting them. The Lake, age 12. Summer has arrived once again with lots of sunshine and warm winds from the southwest pouring over the farm. I was now 12 years old. My dad and I went on an estimate call for some boat seats to recover. It was at Lake Jordan, about four miles away from the farm. This lake was surrounded by really nice houses, and nearly all of the houses had boats and jet skis tied up at their docks. These people had money. The owner took us down to his dock and showed us his boat. My dad inspected the seats and talked to the guy about how much it was going to cost. The guy agreed and we started taking the seats out. The guy sent out his son Clay, who was the same age as me. He helped me carry them to the van and load them. It was nice having help. It was quite the hill to go up to get back to the car. Clay asked me a lot of questions about what I did and what and where we lived. I explained that we had a farm in the upholstery shop just a few miles away. He thought that was pretty cool. I found out that they were from the suburbs of Chicago, and this was their summer house. I always thought it would be awesome to have a cabin on a lake. We took the seats home and recovered them in a few days. My dad and I took them back and Clay helped me again, this time installing them back into the boat. My dad was enjoying a beer with Clay's dad while we worked. When we were done, Clay asked if he and I could go for a ride on the boat. Both of our dads said, sure. They were happy just hanging out there and drinking. Clay took us around the lake. I'd never ridden in a boat before. It was so cool. The smell of the lake and the wind blowing in my face were great. Then he stopped at the dock at the end of the lake where there was a resort and bar that my dad had stopped with me before on his many business trips to give estimates or to pick up furniture. Clay filled the gas tank up and we went inside to pay. Inside there was a small game room with video games like Asteroids, Pac-Man, Phoenix, and a pinball machine. Clay asked, do you want to play some? I said, I have no cash on me. Clay said, no problem. My dad gave me 25 bucks. Clay ordered a couple of cheeseburgers, fries, and some quarters to play games with. He gave me a dollar's worth and said, have fun. I really have never played video games before. So I watched Clay play at first, then I would play. It was fun, but I wasn't that good at it at first. We ate the cheeseburgers and fries. We talked like we were friends forever. He seemed interested in my life and was looking for someone to hang out with. The conversation just flowed naturally. Then he ordered a pizza for his dad to take back. Once we got back, my dad was ready to go. Clay said, here's our number. So I gave him ours. He said, if you want to go boating Sunday afternoon, call me. All week, I looked forward to hopefully getting to go over to the lake. I made sure that I did all my work and chores. Then Sunday at lunch, I asked my dad if I could go over there for the afternoon. I said, I have all my chores done. He was reluctant, but I threw in there that maybe I would be able to get some more boat owners to get their boats reupholstered. 
He handed me a dozen business cards to hand out and said, be careful on your bike and be back by dark. I jumped on my bike and met Clay at the resort area. He was inside at the arcade and he welcomed me with a yell. Dude, you made it. I said, oh yeah, I've been looking forward to it. He then called over a couple of friends, Tom and Jeff. He introduced them to me and we shook hands. They seemed like really nice guys. They were both from the Chicago area. As we were leaving the resort, two beautiful girls were walking our way when Clay yelled out, You guys are late. They said, No, we're not. Then Clay introduced me to Carrie and Kelsey. They were from the Milwaukee area. All I knew was these girls were the prettiest girls I'd ever seen. They had makeup on, earrings, bracelets, and white boating clothes. I'd never seen girls so dressed up. I was just wearing a white t-shirt and blue jean shorts that I had cut off in my only pair of old tennis shoes. I kind of fit in with the guys. We then all loaded into the boat. The guys were in the back and the girls were in the front. As we took off, I could smell their perfume. I'd never smelled perfume on girls before, only my mom and older women. Clay drove us to the other side of the lake and had me throw out the anchor. Clay said, This looks like a good spot to go swimming. The guys all took off their shirts and we jumped in. The girls sat there for a minute. The water was great. It was so refreshing. Then the girls took off their shorts and shirts, revealing their two-piece bathing suits. Again, I'd never seen girls in bathing suits before. They both jumped in while plugging their noses. We all swam around for about a half an hour before Clay said, What do you say we head back and get something to eat? The guys loaded back into the boat and the girls needed help getting in, so I reached out my hand. Kelsey grabbed my hand and I think I blacked out. A girl holding my hand. Then I helped her sister carry in. Again, I blacked out for a few seconds. We were headed back when Carrie sat next to me and asked me a few questions about me. I was not sure what I told her because, again, I was in shock that she was talking to me. Once we got back to the resort, we ordered food and I bought Clay's burger to repay him. They were all asking questions about who I was and what I did and where we lived. Kelsey then says, oh, you're a local. I wasn't sure how to feel about that. They all were on summer vacation and their families would come up to the resort most weekends. It was getting late. I didn't want to leave, but I had to get back before dark. They all said that they would be back next weekend and ask if I could hang out with them. I got on my bike and started my four-mile ride home. It felt really good to be accepted into their group of friends. As I was riding back home, I was riding the backside of our country block when I heard something in the woods about 25 yards in. I slowed down to see if it was a deer. I couldn't see anything, so I continued. Then I could hear branches break again, but directly in the woods alongside me. Whatever it was was following me, it seemed. It kind of freaked me out, so then I rode faster. The noise continued for about another half a mile. It was starting to scare me. Every now and then I could hear a branch crack or whatever was pushing through the tree's branches. The noises stopped as I went by Tim's farm. Whatever it was didn't seem to be following me any longer. After that, I really didn't think about it and I got back to thinking about the lake. I was just so excited for the next weekend. I had made new friends. They treated me like a person, unlike my brothers. This was a totally different world than what I was used to on the farm. I wanted to go over there as often as I could. We all became friends and they would call me when they were coming to town. Lots of boating, swimming, fishing, and just hanging out. They were all very different than all my farmer friends. Stay tuned for more Sasquatch Odyssey. We'll be right back after these messages. 
Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Whoops and rocks, age 16. Spring has arrived again and I had time to get back into the woods to start preparing a wood pile for next year. We again had a pretty severe Wisconsin winter and we almost ran out of wood again. We went through quite a bit needing wood for the shop and garage where I worked for the last several months. The business had really taken me away from stockpiling what we needed. We actually had to cut down a couple of trees near the farm to get through until spring. My dad sent me on a mission to make sure we had plenty of wood chopped for next winter. He also decided this would be the last year we would have any of the animals. I was sad about that, but they just weren't worth the work any longer. I had a favorite pig, Frank, that I would let into the house once in a while. He would come in and sit in front of the TV and snort as though he understood what was going on. Frank was like one of the dogs. He liked to follow me around the farm and had quite a personality. My dad would hear us upstairs and yell from the shop, You better not be up there watching TV, and that damn pig better not be in the house. Frank would look at me, and I would turn off the TV. Frank would get all upset, squeal, and run out of the house, slamming the screen door. Then my dad would yell, Quit slamming the damn door. It was all pretty comical and made me chuckle. I then grabbed the chainsaw and filled it up with gas and oil and sharpened the chain. I would then load up the trailer with backup gas and oil and head for the woods. I also had my dad's 45s holstered and a 30-30 by me on the seat. I parked towards the back of the woods and noticed what looked like a teepee. It was a structure of about five or six smaller trees all laying against each other. I'd never seen that before and as I looked, I couldn't figure out how they had all naturally fallen like that. It seemed as though they had to be placed there by someone. One of the trees had roots sticking up on the top. Not sure why or who would have done that. 
The only thing I could think of was the stranger did it. I really didn't care at the time, and I thought to myself, it was easy wood. I just grabbed the chainsaw and said, oh well, I've got work to do. I started cutting them down and throwing them onto the trailer. Then I heard what sounded like a whoop. I wasn't sure what it was. It sounded like what I thought was an owl in the past. It reminded me more of like a chimp noise that I'd heard on one of my favorite shows, Wild Kingdom. I kept working and moved over to a big fallen tree. I cut it into logs and started splitting them into smaller pieces with an axe. Then I heard the whoop again. I scanned the area where it had come from, but couldn't see anything. So I whooped back. Then I heard it a third time. I still couldn't see anything. I figured it must be some sort of bird. So I kept splitting wood and loading it into the trailer. Then I heard something hit the truck. It really didn't alarm me. I thought it maybe was a stick that had fallen from a tree. Then I heard something go zipping by me. It hit some leaves as it came towards me, so I knew what direction it came from. It was coming from Brett's woods across the fence line. At this point, I knew it wasn't a bird or a squirrel throwing rocks at me. I found the rock and with all my might, I launched it back. I heard it hit a tree solid about 100 feet away. I then yelled, You hit me with the rock, you're going to piss me off. I didn't hear anything. I followed it with, I have a gun and I suggest you knock it off. Still nothing. I finished filling the trailer and then took it down to the farm. I unloaded and stacked the load. I went in and said to my dad, there's something up there throwing rocks at me from Brett's woods. I told him I threw it back, but I didn't see or hear anything else. I didn't mention the whoops that I'd heard because I thought it was some sort of bird. He seemed slightly concerned, but he said, just stay down here and get some work done in the shop. As I was walking away, he said, next time, just fire a warning shot in the air. Whoever it is will get the message. I just thought to myself, Whoever it is is just messing around. I didn't ever feel like my life was in danger. I didn't want to possibly kill someone either. Strange Beast reported by Western Oklahoma residents, 1983. Since that winter day when he saw an animal he can't name, Billy Perry arms himself with a deer rifle whenever he goes across the creek to feed his hogs. Just a couple of days before the snow and ice laced Western Oklahoma this winter, Billy, a 15-year-old high school freshman, was scouting for coyote tracks along Trail Creek near his home in South Beachy when a growl made him stop. The noise came from an animal standing on two legs about 20 yards away, he says. Frightened, the young hunter dashed to his parked car and drove away. It was about four or five feet tall and pretty wide, says Perry, an avid outdoorsman and hunter. It stood upright and it had a reddish-brown hair color. Reports of the unidentified creature in western Oklahoma by the Perry family and others in Dewey County aren't the first in Oklahoma. In 1977, search parties were formed after similar sightings were reported in eastern Oklahoma near Bristow and Stillwell, but nothing was found. The Perry family says the animal prowled on their property near their house for more than a month this winter. It was an animal only Billy saw clearly, an animal they said smelled like a sewer. Hair samples found near the Perry House near Vichy were sent to Hayden Hughes, Director of Sasquatch Investigations of Mid-America. The hair sample looked very interesting. At this point, we cannot confirm what kind of animal it came from, Hughes said. He said an investigative sample is being forwarded to the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation's forensic lab in hopes of analysis. I feel it's just a matter of time before Bigfoot is captured alive, Hughes said. When we do, in my opinion, we won't find the missing link but an intelligent creature that has been pushed back into the wilderness and forced to migrate. 
Dewey County Sheriff Larry Pike, on the other hand, says that he's heard only rumors about the strange animal, but nothing official. Nothing that he can recollect. Sightings have also been reported in the nearby backwoods of Rogers Mills County. Lauren Dameron, a state game ranger in that county, says that the animal was reportedly sighted within two or three miles of his house. He lives in southwest Cheyenne. In recent reports, the Perry family told how the strange animal disrupted their lives for more than a month after Billy came home from his initial encounter and said, I saw a Bigfoot today. Billy's father said that he originally thought his son had been mistaken about what he saw. Billy didn't say much of anything. He just listened to me. And when I got through talking, he picked up his gun and went out to feed the pigs, said Lonnie Perry. I didn't change his mind at all. But about a week later, Billy's two-year-old sister, Melissa, became hysterical when she was frightened after seeing the bear in the window. Perry and his son immediately got their rifles and circled the house, each one going a different way. They both smelled an odor that smelled like a sewer, but they didn't see an animal. A few days later, while hunting for a coyote, Perry heard a barking noise and saw the coyote run toward a strange animal, but he couldn't get a clear shot at it. When the coyote arrived at the place where the animal was barking, there was a short, terrible fight with growls and screams. The coyote only yipped a couple of times. There wasn't much of a fight. The coyote didn't last long, Perry said. The next day, he found the spot where something had made short work of the coyote. There were assorted amounts of coyote hair in the spot the size of a card table, Perry said. The animal had to be really fast. It caught the coyote in an open spot, and that's not easy to do. Their visitor on Trail Creek came back again and again, Perry said. Late one night, a heavy animal ran through the north corner of the house. Mrs. Perry in her northern bedroom and Perry in the living room on the south end of the house was watching a late-night movie, and they both heard footsteps. The dogs met at the corner of the house, and they briefly tangled. The next day, they found reddish-brown hair and a strong odor in the same spot. The following night, the animal staged a repeat performance without the dog. Again, it was late, and the sound of the animal running woke Mrs. Perry. If I hadn't been here and you had told me the story, I'd have thought you were goofy, Perry said. In the meantime, Billy noticed the sewer odor around the pig pen and heard something crunching through the brush. Billy claimed he could smell that sewer odor stronger than the smell of the hogs, Linda said. That next Saturday, Perry, Billy, and several friends hunted for the animal. They had a repeat hunt on Sunday. Seven or eight men came out on Monday, Lonnie said. I had to go back to work, but they hunted. The hunts didn't turn up any animal, but Perry said tracks were found along the creek. A month and a half later, and a little more than 40 miles southwest of Vichy as the crow flies, Alex Inman of Raiden and his son-in-law, George Springer, of Roger Mills saw an animal they can't explain. The two men were feeding their cattle southwest of Cheyenne on land that has been largely undisturbed by human habitation and saw an animal that Emman described as bigger and broader than a dog would be. The dark-haired animal didn't have much of a neck. Its head pretty much sat down on its shoulders, Emman said, and it walked on four legs. The cattleman pulled up in the pasture and started honking the horn of the pickup to call the cattle in to feed and they saw the animal. They only got a glimpse of it broadside before it headed directly away from them, he said. Springer said it didn't seem to be afraid and wasn't in a big hurry. They had plenty of time to get out and take a look, even though it was quite a little ways off. While moving on all fours, it stood up a little taller than a coyote would be and a lot wider, he said. It didn't look like anything I'd seen before. It was dark brown and wide. Springer went on. It wasn't fuzzy or furry, but slick-haired like a pig. It was kind of smooth moving. It didn't bounce any. It was pretty heavy and had a pretty big body. The two men watched the animal until it disappeared into the heavy brush. People won't mention seeing things for fear of being laughed at, says Geneva Sasser of Cheyenne. 
But she says about five or six years ago, something was digging at the foundation of her house near Cheyenne one night. No one dared venture out to see what it was, she said. Growls and angry noises coming from the animal, and it went to the kitchen window where the light was on. She said she turned that light out and turned another one on, and the animal went from the dark window and came to the lighted one. The next morning, Mrs. Sasser checked for tracks. The animal had tried to dig under the foundation instead of getting into the window. The tracks were like dog tracks, but as big as a man's hand, she said. No claw marks showed in the tracks, but claw marks did show where the animal had dug under the house. Whatever it was, it finally gave up and went away. She said her dogs didn't challenge the animal at all. They just took off, she said. It makes me wonder what was out there. They need to find out what's going on. There are others like Mrs. Sasser who say they would like to know for sure what lives in the creeks and canyons of western Oklahoma. If there's no connection between these two sightings, the similarities appear to be remarkable coincidences. For more than one person described the tracks to be shaped like dog, but very large, with toes. Each account notes that the animal exhibited no fear of humans. While it showed no signs of attacking, it growled and stood its ground when confronted by one person and trotted off almost casually when it heard a pickup horn. More than once, something was attracted to a window. Each person who recounted sighting the animal except the two-year-old girl mentioned with no prompting that the animal was very wide-bodied. Perhaps the most common denominator of these different stories are the way they're told. Each person showed a marked reluctance about telling their story of seeing or hearing something. It was though each one weighed the chance of being laughed at, but yet they told their story in spite of it.
brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.